Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Department Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's time for our NHL talk. I am Stephen Bologna, joined alongside Operation JT, Josh Trattini, big Ranger fan as well as myself, and we have a lot to get to today. A lot of it probably surrounded by the Rangers. Major mm-hmm. news coming about out about their star player, Artemi Panarin, taking a leave of absence. Right. right. Deal with some personal stuff back home. We'll get into that in a couple minutes. Uh, the New York Rangers themselves have struggled a bit this season, uh, as well as the New Jersey Devils. New York Islanders aren't also doing that hot. They're kind of middle of the pack. Uh, and then we're just going to talk about a firing of an NHL coach. That happened, I believe, last night or the night before. Um, yeah, and not then, too long ago. That's long. Yeah, very close. Very little time ago. And then we're going to get into a underwhelming team that's not doing too hot. But how you doing, Josh? No, I'm doing well. Um, I'm glad that we could do this. It's something fun to do. Uh, any chance you get to talk hockey, uh, I'll always take it. So this is good. You a big Marvel fan? Uh, yes, uh, that is the end game poster that they had at the movie theaters when, you know, that was somewhat normal. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess when they were done with it, they usually either give it to someone who works there or if they have, they usually toss it. So happens my dad and I were able, lucky enough, just to run in on one of the last days they were showing the film. And we were like, can we just like have that poster? And they were like, the boy was like, take it. Like, I'm not going to need it anymore. Cool. You want to watch a WandaVision? No. I am watching WandaVision. I'm excited so for, uh, yes, it is. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I just hated when in the beginning, people were like, this show's terrible. It's just always like, I'm like, never, ever count out Marvel. Never, like in a million years, they always come up with something big. They always know what they're doing. They'll take something small from a scene that happened in some like movie like Doctor Strange or even like Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then they'll like reference it down the line and it will just shock fans. Yeah, all the time. certainly one of uh, the best creators of movies and now TV shows, funny enough. So yeah. we're going to wait to see WandaVision tomorrow. But today... Let's yep. talk about the New York Rangers, and we're going to start with Artemi Panarin taking a leave of right. absence. Uh, came out a couple of days ago, Russian media putting out a story that 11 years ago, he beat up a 18-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And this coincidentally comes, I believe, a couple of weeks after he, announced, he talked about his displeasure of the Russian government. Right. And I believe he went home to try and get his family. I, I obviously I, yeah, I don't want to speculate. Right. So before like, we even get into all this too, you know, it's so hard to, you know, for us just to jump on the train for our Tevi Panarin and just be like, okay, yeah, you know, this is all Russia's fault. This is Putin because we're just so, I want to say biased towards him. You know, as of right now, it's easy to point fingers, but I think we have to, you know, waiting for every single piece of fact to come out because we don't know what is true and what's not true. I mean, we are hearing sources that uh, no such uh, incident occurred that I believe I need to pull up his name right now. It was Andre Nazarov. It was an unstable ex-KHL coach claiming that Panarin beat up the, uh, go, uh, the girl in uh, Russia at the bar. So there's a lot of, you know, people saying he did it or he didn't do it right now. And I don't want to just flat out say he didn't do it. Because if news does come out and say he did, I don't want to look like the bad guy. I just hope both parties involved 
figure it out. I know the Rangers were very behind Artemi Panarin. I know they said that they were going to get underway and find out what the truth is. And I hope we find out soon, not just for Panarin's sake to come back and help this team, but for his own sake as well, because this is a heavy accusation. And this is not an accusation that you just claim or uh, point fingers at someone just for no reason. You know, if you make an accusation like this and it turns out to be false and untrue, that should be some legal actions towards that person. Yeah, and it's just, again, like you said, you can't jump to the conclusion that he didn't, nothing of this happened, but right. the story is claimed to be 11 years ago. Right. And you look at, you know, Panarin's accolades since then. I mean, first of all, first round pick, signed a major contract with the Rangers and nothing of this was heard. And then he starts talking about, you know, we see this in the NBA with Ennis Cantor and his mm-hmm. displeasure with the Turkish government. And he's obviously, he can't go back there. Now no. it's, you know, Artemi Panarin, he's not a fan of Putin or the way he, he runs things over there. Right. Um, and then the story comes out. And I, I saw, I believe I was talking to Steve Mulder. And he said that apparently uh, one thing is, he was like, what if Russia like pays a girl to say he did it? You know, it, it, anything listen, could happen. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that uh, can happen because we know Russia does things differently over there uh, than we do. I mean, we are a little bit crazy over here. Don't get me wrong. You know, we have some of our own issues to deal with. But there's a lot of stuff that that has to get solved first. I know that Parnarin's probably not coming back anytime soon. It's it's optimistic to think that, yes, he can be back in a couple weeks. But this is a really big case. You know, there's a lot of accusations right now. Uh, a lot of people involved, a lot of different parties. You know, this is something, like you said, it happened 11 years ago. Yeah, It's not something that maybe happened last week where they can have all this evidence in the world. This happened uh, over a decade ago. So it's kind of hard now where the evidence comes into play and, you know, where this girl is today and what's her story. And now we have to hear what, you know, her side of it and what's coming out of that. Yeah, so we're just going to wait and see. We hope maybe he could return before the end of the season. That'd be you know, right. best case scenario, but obviously his focus is just maybe trying to get his family out of there. Yeah. I mean, l- listen, this, this is like we said before, not an accusation that you have to take lightly. I can't imagine what Panarin and his family are going through. Uh, I, we like to hope it's not true. And it, you know, just kind of seeing how Panarin is as a person in the media and online and, you know, through social media, he really seems like a nice guy, but again, we have to just wait and see till all the facts come out. If these accusations aren't true, I hope Panarin and his family the best. Unfortunately, if they are true, you know, we, we hope all the issues get resolved in a matter of time. Absolutely. Um, but let's, let's move on to the hockey right. side of things for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Sitting at six and eight, uh, right. they are second to last, or excuse me, they're tied with the Devils for uh, in the standings and lost a tough one last night, four to three. But the night before that, and they're winners of two out of their last three. They beat the Capitals four to one, which was a nice. Uh, it was nice to see, because this is a Ranger team that has lost so many close games, blown so many leads in the third period, gone down early. I think the bad outweighs the good in New York right now. Uh, yes. Well, here we go again. Now talking about uh, this this team was playing last night with no defense. Absolutely. They were just, I mean, near to the bottom of their scraps or 
the point where, you know, you didn't have Truba. He was gone. You didn't have Hedl. He was gone. You didn't have Kako. He was gone. You didn't have Panarin. He was gone. So you're already missing some already big names there. Last night's defense was Lindgren and Fox, Jack Johnson, Brennan Smith, which those two combos right there with Johnson and Smith just hurts my soul. Hajik and then Biotetto. So, you know, not not the best defense you want going up against a, uh, a Flyers team. So the fact that we were able to keep close with them for that long in the game, I, I'm still impressed. You know, I, I know there, there's a lot of bad. I'm not saying the Rangers are going to make the playoffs. It would be nice to see it. But uh, I think there's just too much going on. And with a shortened season, you can't go down too early in the season. You can't give up these games like that. You have to win all the close ones. And the Rangers right now haven't found a way to do that, unfortunately. It's it's just so tough, you know. Right. You watch you watch this team, you know, they're tied. They're up 3-2 going into the third period. Mm-hmm. Two minutes left, they give up a goal. Then they go and lose in a shootout and overtime. And it's just like you were two minutes away. Clear, defense for the Rangers is clearly the problem, and I think it has been. Now, without Panarin for a while, right. who's going to step up? You hope it's Savannah Jed, who's kind of gotten off to a slow start. Very slow um, start. He's ice cold. Ice, yeah. ice cold. And hopefully, maybe Lafreniere can get some more time now. Right. I think I think when Kako comes back, Kako's looked good. He's looked pretty I liked, well. I liked Kako's uh, ability on the ice. He looks a lot stronger. He looks a lot smarter. Uh, he's making better decisions. So, you know, again, remember the, these guys. Nikako is, I believe, he just turned twenty years old. He's no longer technically a teenager. Yeah, he has a lot and a lot of potential. So I'm not worried about him declining at all. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. Um, we also didn't get to talk about the last before the last time we talked. Tony D'Angelo got released. Um, oh, he he's technically with the team. He's just not uh, dressed. Oh, really? I thought he got just flat out so, released. So, so for the Rangers, you can't – well, in the NHL, you technically can't release a player. You can put him on waivers, but no one claimed him. So oh, right okay. now they're working out a trade for him, but the trades, you know, talks. I don't know if they've still been going on recently, but it is something where they're probably not going to address him for the rest of the season due to his, you know, uh, outspoken um, – messages towards teammates and you know he he's a hothead and he has been for a few years and the rangers have in the locker room have kept it kind of quiet and kind of said you know if you keep your act up we're gonna trade you d'angelo of course kept his act up i saw a report that he punched like shesterkin in the face so there was an altercation uh rumors in the locker room where there was a fight between i think it was him and either gorgiev or shesterkin and chris Kreider broke it up but they've been pretty quiet about it since all they've really told us at that time in the interview was there was an incident that happened and we took care of it. It's an in-house thing. Uh, and we're yeah. working on it. I like Kreider. Kreider's he's, he's a great Ranger. Kreider had a, uh, a great game last night. He needed to step up, you know, like we would, we, my friends and I were talking that Zibanejad has been ice cold. He's someone you need to step up. Panarin right now, he is taking his leave of absence. So now you need people like Kreider to Benajet. You need these guys to step up because right now they're the veteran presidents, presence <laughs> in your locker, not presidents, presence in your locker room to teach these young guys on what it's like to be a leader. Because right now we have the youngest team 
uh, by age in the NHL at 25 years old, average age. So yeah. when you have someone like Kreider, who's been on the team for many, many years, who just signed another big contract, he's someone that you need to kind of be the voice in the locker room. Yeah. And he's he, hopefully uh, he steps up the goalie situation. It's, it's still like, you know, in my opinion, neck and neck who you stick with. Uh, I, I still I, like Igor net over, over Alexander. And that's no disrespect to Alexander. I think he's a good goalie. I just think that Gagorgiev, um can take the spotlight right now. I, I think Igor has shown us, he made a lot of big saves, especially last night in that Flyers game. It's yeah. just when you don't have defense, when your second pair is Johnson and Smith, it's kind of hard to, you know, um, do anything insane or help you get away with the win. But again, like he, he did make some great saves. I was very impressed with his play. Uh, the Rangers, again, just took, you know, some dumb penalties over and over. We've seen this many times, a lot of offensive zone penalties, which have killed us. Uh, yeah. Thank God for our penalty kill has been really good. And our power play finally looked like it was back to normal. Uh, before last night, I think it was maybe one for 23 or two for 23, roughly along those lines. And then uh, last night, I, they were at least two for four, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember off the top of my head. Another guy that's played really well this season is Buchnevich. Buchnevich. So, yeah, Pablo Buchnevich is another guy who I would love to see step up. Uh the only thing is he's in a contract year. You know, this is his last year before he goes and uh, is a restricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. So he needs to show why he wants to still be part of this team. And if he does a lights out season, we could be looking at possibly giving him a lot of money. And I'm not sure if the Rangers are going to take that chance with it. I think Bucinevich has to show this year why he wants to stay with the team. Sorry, my mic got muted there. Yeah, I think um... – you know, the Rangers are still trying to kind of – sorry, I got my dogs barking here. I think the Rangers are still kind of trying to find their identity, you know, because they're still a young team. But the issue is they're, they're just in such a tough division, and it's, it's not going to help them in the long run, I don't think. Are playing well. And I know a lot of Ranger fans who might be listening to this might be saying, oh, uh, what do you mean well? If you actually watch this game and you see that the pace that they're playing – if they can limit their dumb penalties in the offense zone penalties, this could be a legit team for in that top four spot. It's just one of those hard things to watch because, you know, you see them playing well and then they have these injuries that happen. And then there's the COVID protocol, which is another thing you have to worry about. And when you have some of your big names go on those lists and then you're kind of left with, you know, these prospects that are stepping up now um, or trying to step up. You, you say to yourself, man, it would be really nice to see Zibanejad play what he did last year. It would be really nice to still have Panarin. It would be really nice to have Hedl back on the line. It would be really nice to see Truba back. Yeah. If the Rangers finish, say, bottom three in the division. Right. Do you think they seriously consider getting rid of David Quinn? Uh, I, I, I think it won't be out of the question. I think if, if, if they do go in the bottom three, it, it, it's not out of the question, but the only issue I have with getting him so soon per se is the fact we are the youngest team in the NHL. And I know he's dealt with college kids. I know he was the Boston college coach before that, 
But, you know, the, he's still kind of getting the system. You know, he has this whole young team right now that he has to deal with. Kako, Lafreniere, and we have a lot of young prospects, too, coming up for the defense, especially like Keandre Miller is another guy who we've been missing, who I can't believe I just forgot about till now, who's been playing absolutely great defense, and he's one of the youngest guys in the league. So to miss Keandre Miller is a big thing. Uh, I know next year the Rangers have a lot of cap space. Uh, it's going to be, I think, close to $40 million, and they only have a real couple guys they have to sign back. Ruchnevich might be one of them. So with all that cap space, we could be looking at a whole new team next year with a lot of key presence. Who's who's the best free agent next year? Uh, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head right now who's the best free agent. I know that there's still a lot of contract talks that have to be talked about. Um I would have to go and actually look at who some of the top free agents would be, but it, it, the Rangers will have uh, a lot of people to talk to. Cause we even heard a lot of rumors about the aqua uh, Jack Eichel trade and what yes. that could look like. I remember that. that Jack Eichel has still been floating around. I know a lot of Ranger fans, including myself, would love to see him because we do need that uh, center to help us. If we do keep the and he's your first line and you could put Eichel on your second that right yeah. there is a, a great uh, top two centers to have. And Taylor Hall is also a free agent because he only signed a one year in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And that that's a team that has just kind of imploded. It's done nothing. And it seems that that may kind of force an Eichel trade right. because you have solid players. I mean, Eichel and Hall. I mean, Hall was MVP two years ago. And you just see a sharp decline for that team. So you may see them go kind of go into rebuild mode, maybe forcing a trade here uh, potentially. A lot of Ranger fans like myself uh, hope this Buffalo train just keeps plummeting because the worse that they do, the more frustration Jack Eichel is going to have. And the more frustration Eichel has with Buffalo, he's going to want out. And that could lead to a potential trade that he says, you know, I want out. Rangers are one of the top students. We have the cap space to have him. We have the prospects to, you know, trade if we do want to have Taylor. I mean, excuse me, Jack Eichel on this team. I would take any one of those two, honestly, anything to help. But I think the Rangers do still need to address uh, the defensive situation. Having Kendra Miller up is nice though. That's a young defenseman that's, Athletic is, is huge, but I, I still think the Rangers need that bruiser that, that they've been that, that they've been looking for. Uh, well, there's a couple things that they had to solve on defense. Jack Johnson was the biggest mistake of so all time. He, he has to never even be considered to put on a Ranger sweater after this season. He's the worst defenseman in the NHL. He, he is. He's probably you're probably right he's one of the worst it's it's so hard to watch him play whether he's taking a dumb penalty or it just has the iq of a monkey on the ice it is terrible yeah uh the rangers begin a two-game stretch tonight against the bruins uh, both in right. the garden i'm assuming there's fans, fans are allowed back fans yes yeah. uh they are allowing a couple thousand fans back uh i was already looking at tickets myself when they announced oh, that um, guess how much roughly for one of the cheaper tickets? Four fifty. Oh no, not that high. It was like one seventy. 
but Still, you know taxes it's like two hundred dollars just for a single ticket plus to get into yeah. the city it, it costs money and well the, the perks of being you know in new jersey is you know you could drive to secaucus and then just take a quick train into penn station for like 10 bucks if that take the li double r just like you're going to the railroad <laughs> that would be take out oh, trust me i will be i will do what it takes to be at city field this year yeah i will I'm drop sure. the money do it um but yeah the rangers played tonight uh, right. against boston hopefully uh, they can pull out a win here because they desperately need they, one. Uh, sorry tomorrow night is it oh it says tomorrow, tomorrow That's night. friday friday night is uh the boston game um listen Boston doesn't really scare me too much. I've seen what the Rangers could do against Boston. Uh, they, they have played well against Boston. You know, uh, the last two times we played them, we lost once in OT, but we, you know, we're a little careless. We kind of made some mistakes. And then the other time we played them, which was that following day or two days after, we lost only one nothing to them. So this is yeah. a team that I think we could definitely play with. Uh, I know it's going to be hard without Panarin uh, being on the team. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who's available for that game i think that if we do have uh possibly i don't know if Hito's back i i don't think it's i think it's still too early for him because i know he just came off the covert protocol and he's still working on himself so again this rangers team they're competitive they're hardworking. they are and as long as they don't take their offensive zone penalties and shoot themselves in the foot they they could pull out of boston I think with Boston, I think Pasternak's so underrated. He is. Hey, Pasternak, I, I, he's. I think he's the best player on the team, honestly. I know Marchand's really good, but I think Pasternak's really underrated. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going Pasta or Patrice Bergeron for those two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Patrice does play a good aspect of the defensive game as well as his offensive zone ability. So. You know, Patrice yeah. is like that all-around player. Uh, but, you oh. know, I, I know Boston is a heavy favorite uh, for a team to go on and win the Stanley Cup this year, and they have shown to be a, a strong competitor. But I don't know. It's just, you know, not trying to be too biased here with the Rangers, but I really do think that when we did play them, we looked really well. And I know that was yeah. a different team a couple weeks ago. But, you know, again, Rangers didn't have too many players against Philly. And Philly is another uh, heavy favorite to even take this division. So I yeah. think that the New York Rangers can find a way to make it fun for us. Let's put it that way. Boston currently leading the East uh, 11 and three. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Mm-hmm. We also just had a couple of days ago, the Lake Tahoe series, which yes. was beautiful. I mean, it, it was yeah. right there on the lake. Oh my God. It was incredible. Unfortunately, a little too warm. <laughs> <laughs> little uh, too, little too warm. Ice condition or problems, and then the game had to go at midnight for right. Eastern time. That was funny, and yeah. the Avalanche came out with the win, right against they the did. Golden Knights. The game Philly for Boston was the most watched NBC Sports Network game, I think, for the NHL in the history. Wow, that's cool. But like where where the where the rink was, it was literally like less like less than half a mile from the water it was just yeah. a beautiful scene beautiful landscape and I, I i like that idea if they can find a way to not get the ice melted i i think that's a, a golden it, a golden it, thing it's, it's it's something that i really think that they're going to look forward to doing more 
uh, because, you know, we've seen all different types of outdoor games. We've seen the stadium series, you know, where they played at uh, Yankee Stadium, uh, yeah. where they play, I believe it was Notre Dame. You know, we've seen all these different stadium series and outdoor games, which I think is something that the NHL loves to uh, take advantage of. Uh, it would have been cool if, you know, if there was no COVID to see if they would have had fans at Lake Tahoe somehow yeah. set that up. But unfortunately, uh, you know, we have bigger issues to solve before we could have fans back into uh, sporting events. Yeah. And I mean, maybe a way that you can kind of deflect that is just play the game at night, you know, maybe like five, six o'clock at night, just to avoid the warmth. Excuse me. My dog's going crazy as usual. Probably the mailman. Does your dog want to weigh in on the Rangers scenario right now and how they're doing? Yeah, I know. She's probably not happy either. She hears me yelling at the TV all the time, but it was just, I, I, you love to see, you know, new stuff like that being tried by right. the NHL because the stadium series is cool, but, you know, it's it's a stadium. It's, it's a baseball stadium. So, I don't know. I'm just – I like the, I like the outdoor stuff. But right. it was just funny when I'm midnight. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was, like, I guess I saw the ice conditions, a lot of problems right there with, um, with the ice going off so early in the day. And, you know, you're over in California, I believe. That's where – Yeah. It took place. So sun is melting down on it. And there was a lot of stuff that didn't take precautions beforehand, but, you know, going off at night seemed to work for the Flyers Boston game. So. Yeah. Um, just a quick look at the divisions. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Devils six and six. They, they've lost a couple games due to COVID Islanders nine and six. They're uh, they're behind the Penguins who said 10 and six. Yeah. Nine and six and three. Yeah. Yeah. The Central, I mean, Josh, we talked about them in the opening pod for the NHL season. The, the Panthers, 12 and four, uh, leading the yep. Central, right? They're tied with the Lightning at the moment. And then you have the Hurricanes right there. So that's a, that's going to be a, a tight race down to the finish. Dallas this, Stars. This is a, um, sorry, no, go on. No, no, go, 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 no, go. No, I was just going to say, listen, this, this Central division right now is going to be one to, uh, Definitely keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Uh, this is not something that you're going to shy away from. I think this Florida, Tampa, Carolina, uh, three-way for going for the uh, for the winner of the division. I think that's going to last for the rest of the season, 100%. Uh, Florida, like I was telling you before the show, has always been that team where, you know, they, they had the talent, they had the players, but they could never really just find their rhythm. You know, it, it was never fully there. But now they have a great uh, goaltending duo with Drager and uh, Brabowski. Yeah. Um, so those two right there along the way will help this Florida Panthers team keep a run in this division. Tampa, as we know, has always been one of the powerhouse teams in the league. They're absolutely going to stay in this for long. And Carolina, we saw last year, who almost made it to the Stanley Cup. They're not yeah. going away. They, they still have a great team under their hands. So Carolina, Tampa, and Florida, I mean – it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Anytime they, these guys are playing, uh, I always try to throw it up on my computer to watch. Another tight division is uh, the West. I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five, six out of the eight teams are above 500, and they're all within one or two wins of each other. Golden Knights currently 11-4-1 with the Blues 10-8-2. You know, then you have the Avalanche sitting uh, – sixth at nine six and one so this this can kind of go either way obviously it's kind of 
we're still early into the season. So, you know, two months down the line, yeah. it's going to look a lot different. Yeah. I mean, we know Vegas has only played 16 games, but in the 16 games they are playing, they, they have played amazing. I mean, this, this Vegas team is another one that's legitimately a Stanley cup contender. Uh, Colorado has only played 16 games and they've been playing really well. You know, a team like St. Louis, you know, they're, they're second, but they've also played uh, the most games next to the Ducks in this whole division. And they're only sitting at 22 points. I mean, Colorado is two wins away from beating that. And they have four games still to uh, go before they tie St. Louis. So, uh, you know, I don't see St. Louis sticking up there for much long. I think by in a couple of weeks, you'll see them slowly move down the ladder. And I think you'll see, you know, Colorado go back up because that's another thing at the look at is the game's played, you know, very little for Colorado, Minnesota, and Vegas. St. Louis has played the most already. Arizona's at 19 games, and they only have two points over Colorado, but they played three more. So, yeah, every team, you know, gets lucky or unlucky with COVID. Right. Um, but it's just, it's cool to see Vegas. I mean, an expansion team. That front office is, is just incredible. An expansion team that makes the Stanley Cup their first year and have just been pretty dominant ever since that first year. Right. It's just incredible to see. And, and now next year we're going to have a new expansion team with the Kraken. Yeah. Um, that, I'm that's a fan of their, be, I like their jerseys. They look nice. The This team for the Seattle Kraken I think is perfect because now it opens the floor for new hockey fans like it did with Vegas. Uh, you are now expanding to Seattle where I think that's a good place, you know, just to get some fan base going. I think there'll be pretty hardcore fans over there. So when you have now a new team coming into the league, it's going to be that same energy when Vegas came into the league. It's like, oh, we have a new team. We got to watch them. You know, they're going to make the big night games. Uh, you know, everyone's going to want to go watch Seattle. And a lot of people I think are going to be expecting almost a similar situation with Vegas where they in their inaugural season made the Stanley Cup. A lot of yeah, people are like, hey, now we're going to see Seattle do the same thing, right? That That's the case. I don't know. I think we have to wait until uh, what happens going forward with the Seattle team. I think one thing that's interesting is, uh, man, my, there's so many noises going on in my house right now. I don't understand why. Um, but I wonder who that one big player is going to be for Seattle because you remember with the Vegas Golden Knights, it was Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, they, they painted him out to be like their messiah, like their saving grace. They brought him out mm -hmm. during the expansion draft with his jersey. And it's like, who's going to be that guy for Seattle? And, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. I don't know how free agency is going to work with them, you know, if they're going to be able to bid mm -hmm. on the 2021 free agents. But they're going to be able to, you know, pick their pieces where they want it with the, uh, you know, expansion draft. But I think it's just, it's cool. And like you said, Seattle is a, they're a hardcore fan base. You know, you look at them with the Seahawks, they're, they're hardcore. I mean, the Seattle Sounders have hardcore fan base and I don't know where they're going to be playing their games, the Kraken. I don't know if they're building an arena for them. Um, I, I, I haven't uh, updated myself too much on the Kraken team just yet. I want to wait until uh, everything's set in stone when they have their, uh, a little expansion draft, which I'm not sure. Uh, when that's set in stone, I think it's in July, if I'm not mistaken, around a few weeks in July, it's probably when they'll have their expansion draft. Yeah. So I'm assuming they'll be in the, the West division. I would assume so. 
Yes. Yeah. Right? yeah well, it, it's, they, they said, yeah. Uh, and then the last division we have to look at is the North, the Maple Leafs, 15, four and two, followed by the Oilers, uh, 13 and eight. This is another tough division. They, the they will, are, um, sorry, sorry to cut you off. They're going to be, you know, in the Pacific with the Ducks, the Coyotes, Oilers, oh, okay. and the okay. Knights. So they're, they're going to be at the two new expansion teams technically <laughs> still, but in the Pacific. It's so hard now because we're saying, like, uh, what the divisions are for uh, this year, but they'll be in the Pacific going forward. Yes, that's – I always forget about that. Um, yeah, yeah, we have the – uh, New divisions this year for COVID protocols. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I mean, I understand why they're doing it. It's just so boring to see the same, like, six teams you play. I don't know. It's just obviously for safety, but. Right. Um, yeah. I, they didn't want any traveling at all. And, and I get it. I get it. It seems that COVID's kind of, they've done a really good job at, you know, barring a few teams here and there having a little outbreak. They've done a mm-hmm. relatively good job. Um, with the, you know, with their COVID protocols. And then the North, um, the Jets, 11, six and one, the Canadians, nine, five and four. They've, uh, they've had a little bit of a losing stretch. Recently just fired their head coach. Claude Julian. He's yeah. A boot. Stanley cup champion. I don't know who they hired. I, I don't they, know. They uh, hired. It's their, uh, interim. Oh, they're coach. The interim? it's, uh, it's like uh, Dominique. I think his name is. Wilkins, uh, Dominic, Dominic, uh, Ducharme. Okay, okay. So yeah, first, uh, is he the first coaching fire coach firing of the season in the NHL? I think so. I'm right? not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. So he's the first from the fall, and interesting storyline here. I, you know, I see the Jets here. You know, they've done a trade for they, they traded Patrick Line, and it seemed that he was having a tough time getting used to life in Columbus. I think he was benched his first or second game. Uh, yeah, honestly, Lane, uh, now that he's under the Tortorella effect, uh, it, you know, he can't be slacking. He can't, he can't do anything uh, that seems lazy in the eyes of Tortorella. Patrick Lane, uh, I know, just had a beautiful shot that he had. I mean, this kid has a unbelievable shot. And, um, he, he has been picking up a lot of pace in the last five games. I believe he's had well over five points. Uh, you know, two days ago, I know he had two goals. So, yeah, yeah. Line, eight, line eight is going to fit well in Columbus going forward. Good Ranger coach, Tortorella. I miss him. Tortilla. And then we uh, went Elaine Vigneault. Who brought us a Stanley Cup his yeah. first season. Yeah. Some questionable, some questionable uh, stuff happened in the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Not saying with the uh, refs or anything like that. Just you know, questionable time putting certain players out. And then yeah, 2015 was supposed to be the year. Nope. Is there a team that's kind of underwhelmed you so far that you thought would be a lot better? That would have been too off to a lot better start. No, no, that's actually a good question. Um. Ah, damn. Underwhelming. You know, this might come as a little too biased, (laughs) but I'm going to stick to what I know. And it's the New York Rangers. And I'm not saying that the New York Rangers were supposed to be this top four heavy team um, in the league. 
But what I see what they can do now on the ice and what I see what their real potential can be, actually watching them every now, every night at home. And just to see them lose in these like heartbreaking ways and frustrating ways, it's almost like if, if they could figure out how to secure those wins in the games where, you know, they took a dumb penalty or they made a dumb mistake and they blew the lead, where we, we would be a top four team right now in the division. Even maybe even going saying it's top three. So I want to say just as now, you know, seeing what the team has done, um, they're a little underwhelming in what I know their potential could really be. But uh, before the season started, um, a team that I actually was kind of looking forward to uh, was someone like Buffalo. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, they, they had, they have on paper a really nice team, but they, again, they just cannot find a way to figure it out uh, as a team. You know, when, when you look at this, uh, this team and you see Taylor Hall, you see Jack Eichel, uh, you see a lot of big names like, uh, <laughs> my God, sorry, I just laughed at something. Uh, Olufsen? Well, Bristol Linen, you know, uh, you see all these big names. Cody Eakin, who was supposed to be a young star. But they just don't have, I guess, like maybe that whole chemistry. I don't know what's going on in Buffalo. But um, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. I hate to say it. Unless they figure something out by this week and then they can go on a run. It just does not look promising. And those, those, those are the games the Rangers need to win. Uh, again, with the Devils, too, they've, they've had such struggles against the Devils this season, and it hurts so much to watch. Because we didn't get to talk about it. The last time the New York Rangers uh, played the Devils, the Devils had their basically two-week break because they were never allowed to yes. have on the ice. And, and we then got they smacked go, around. Yeah. It, it was something that I think it was, it was in the back of mind of Ranger fans. You know, we said to ourselves, okay – you know, we're not going to count this as a win yet before the game started. We're like, we could very much lose this. And what did we do? We go and lose that game. Yeah. To, to, you know, to not our surprise way I've been playing. My underwhelming team, you know, mm-hmm. I know it's still early. This is a team that finished third uh, in the um, in the Pacific, and that's the Calgary Flames, currently sitting at 9-9. Nine and nine. And, you, you know, you look at the games they've lost um, – you know, they've lost uh, seven to one, five to one, three mm-hmm. to one, six, uh, six to four. This, you know, again, I know it's early, but this is a team with a lot of really good players and a lot of big name players. I mean, Johnny mm-hmm. Hockey himself, you know, sitting over there. This is a, this, this is a good team. I mean, you know, sneaky Stanley Cup play, uh, you know, a sneaky Stanley Cup team last year. Um, you know, before the bubble hit, even the year before that, you know, and they're sitting at nine and nine, sixth in the division. Again, I know it's still early, but I, I expected them to get off to a, a much better start. So, you know, it, we'll have to wait and see as time goes by. But before we end, give me your current NHL Stanley Cup prediction. Current, as in you want Who, me? As, as of today, who do you think wins it? Next time we do a pod, it might be different. <laughs> oh my god wow putting me on the spot like this yep. um wow 
is tough. It's tough because we listen, there's a lot of good teams out there. And I think that um, when I, when I think of a team that has everyone there has the full uh, package, you know, offensive defensively. And then also got to think goalie, you, you need to have that perfect goalie presence in net uh, in order to be good in the playoffs. And I think that the team that has it this year, which maybe I'd be okay with them winning this year, still not 100% sure as a hockey fan, but the Vegas Knights. Ooh, good, good pick. I, I, I like Vegas this year. You know, they, they had a great season last year. Um, and I, I think that when you have someone like Mark Audrey and Flurry Ned, who's been there before, you even have a backup, Robin Leonard, who also has been there, uh, not in the Stanley Cup, but has been in that presence, uh, you know, with, uh, with tough games, he's been on a lot of teams. Yeah. The current odds still have the avalanche as the favorite to win, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of surprising to me. Uh, followed by Vegas, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, and the hurricanes flyers and Oilers plus 1600. Not a bad bet. I don't think, I mean, those are two sneaky contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I listen, Avalanche, um, another team that I, I think I said in the beginning of the year were one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, to do it, but they've been I the favorites since day one, so nothing's yeah, really changed. But, I mean, I, I, it's a, um, it's a crapshoot. It's fun. It's, it's it. fun. You know, like I, I would love to see the Avalanche win just because, um, you know, they, they're just a team that I really like. I have no hatred towards them, but I don't know. It's either them or Vegas. I think right now, though, those yeah. are my top two. Yeah. But we're still super early into the season, so we're gonna see how this all plays out. Oh, yeah, we we got we got time before we jump to any conclusions, and even then, like you know, in hockey, you're not it's not over till it's over. I mean, look what the blue the Blues are the main reason why I say that now is because back in January, uh, two years ago, one of the worst teams in the league that summer, Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, that was so. a great story. That was a good one. Yes. The best that, that that series went down to a game seven too, which was. Cool. I was Where in I uh, New Orleans watching that. Oh, you were at True's house, True Breeze. <laughs> I was um in New Orleans for my twenty first. I saw the Blues win the Stanley Cup, and Toronto win the NBA championship. Oh baby, were you there for Mardi Gras? No, I just mean. just for my twenty first. Oh baby, it's something that um. I definitely recommend for you, Steve. Hundred percent. Even, even though I am twenty-one already. Are you actually twenty-one? Oh my God, Jesus Christ! Well, go for your twenty-second. You wish me a happy birthday. I did. You know what? I, I lose track of people's age at this stage, man. I, I don't even know who's what age anymore. Anyone is. Yeah. I forget that I'm turning twenty-three this year. Honestly, I said my my. They're like, oh, like you excited for your birthday this year? I'm like, yeah, twenty-two is a big number, and they were like, they're like you're turning twenty-three. I'm like, yeah. Yikes. Oh. <laughs> like, well, all right yeah but like, we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap it up yeah. there really good episode today josh thank you so much for, for hopping on. no problem we're gonna be doing these 
couple every couple weeks, just giving an update on the NHL and some players. Me. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on all our socials at Sports Dept Pod. That's Sports C E P T Pod. Mm-hmm. Make sure to follow us on, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you watch uh, or listen to us. We greatly appreciate everything. I believe we have a um, a, re- uh, a wrestling podcast coming out very soon mm-hmm. as well. We're going to be doing an NL Central preview of the MLB. I know Josh is excited for the uh, NL East prediction pod. I, I would like to be on that if, if, if there's enough room. I know we have a lot of meth fans. I, I believe we do have enough room, so I'll, I'll make a call. Awesome. Uh, thank you call. all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.